0: If you subscribe to Table Talk magazine from Ligonier Ministries and you've seen the latest issue, I was reading through it the other day and it's on discipleship. And reading through it, and I, 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 I think that when we look around and we see the decline of Christianity in the West, and we wonder why is that? Why is there such a decline? In Christianity in the West. For years. We have been the the, the lighthouse of Christianity to the world. But that's no longer true. And I think part of the problem is because. We have. there, there, There are many out there. That have watered down the gospel. They have reduced the gospel to say a prayer. Get baptized. Okay you're all good. And that's found nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible do we find the phrase, ask Jesus into your heart. And so, what does it mean to be a true follower of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to truly be a Christian? Read with me in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 26. And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words... The Son of Man will be ashamed of Him when He comes in His glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So Jesus gives an open invitation to discipleship. It's, uh, Luke says, and He was saying to them all. A disciple was someone who committed himself to be with and learn from the one that he wanted to follow. Now, disciple is not a biblical word. The, the Pharisees had disciples, John the Baptist had disciples, many today, many uh, men today have disciples, and, but, but in this instance Jesus is talking about what does it mean to say I am a Christian, I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and the way of Jesus is one of repeated self-denial. Now, in our world today, in our culture today, this is a gospel that is not preached. You're told in many pulpits today that if you will just come and give your heart to Christ, all your problems will go away. He will heal you of every disease, He will make your bank accounts full. That is what Paul calls another. And when Paul calls it another gospel, he says, let those who preach that gospel be anathema. Now, do you know what the word anathema means? Paul is using very strong language there, but it shows the importance of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says, let them be damned who preach this other gospel because it leads people astray. The way of Jesus is one of self-denial. And following Jesus means bringing our will into subordination to God's will. True discipleship, a true follower of Christ, to be a true believer in Jesus Christ is costly. It's not that it may cost you something, it will cost you something. Now, now I want to tell you that as I prepared this message, please don't think that I live up to this because I don't. As I was putting my notes together last night, I, I was, you know, I've been studying this off and on all week long. And I sat down last night to put it all on paper. And there were many times that I had to stop and bow my head and say, God, forgive me. Lord, forgive me for thinking. Number one, that this is about me. Lord, forgive me for not realizing what it truly means to follow you because it may inconvenience me. Or because it may cost me something dearly. The call to discipleship demands a willingness to pour your life out for Christ. And this begins when we voluntarily abdicate the throne of our lives, renouncing our self-centeredness. We are by nature self-centeredness. We are born that way. We all want to be the God on our throne. We all want to be the God in our life. That was the lie that Satan told Eve in the garden. He said, God knows the day you eat of it that you will be like God. And ever since then, man has sought to be God. But folks, let me tell you something. We are not. And when we come to follow Christ, we must abdicate that throne and and bow the knee to the true king of kings and say, you are Lord of my life. And to call Christ Lord is a very significant thing. Jesus said many will come to him in that day and say, Lord, Lord. He said, I will look at them and say, depart from me. I never knew you. Some of the most terrifying words in the history of the universe. Anyone who wants to come after Jesus, anyone who wants to be a Christian, has to face three commands that that Jesus talks about here. He says we must deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow Him. These are the principles that Jesus consistently taught throughout His ministry. You know, there came a time when Jesus stood there and He preached to 5,000. And they got hungry. You all know the story. Little boy had his lunch there. So Jesus prayed over it and everybody there was fed. They had 12 baskets left over. And everywhere He went, these people followed Him. You know why? Because he fed their bellies. But when he stood up and said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, they all left. They said, so, wait a minute, we didn't sign up for that. And there are many in churches today that can hear what Jesus says right here and says, Wait a minute, I didn't sign up for that. And Jesus says, That's fine. Just know this. And notice that he does not say, he does not say, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me, or it's going to be hard for him to be my disciple. That's not what he said. He said it's impossible to be his disciple if we don't do this. So what does it mean to deny yourself? Well, the original Greek word for deny means to refuse. (laughs) I found this comical. To refuse to associate with. So you know what Jesus is saying? He's saying that I must refuse to associate with my sinful self. We must refuse to associate with the person that we are. When you deny yourself, it means you're sick of your sinful self and you want nothing to do with you anymore. Think of it like this. You have a family member. You have a co-worker. You have a neighbor. And they are just absolutely sinful lifestyle. Everything they do. And you say to them, or you say to yourself, you know, that's just not the kind of people I want to hang out with. And Jesus is saying, that's what I have to say to myself. You're not the kind of person I want to hang out with. You know, I heard a preacher say one time, he said, "You know, if I knew you like you know yourselves, I wouldn't stand up here and preach to you. But I want to tell you something, if you knew me like I know myself, you wouldn't want to let me stand up here and preach to you." And so we have to understand, we must deny ourselves, refuse to associate, and, and it, you know it, it may not seem like it may not be just you, it may be your family, it may be your friends, your coworkers. We must deny ourselves. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. I want to tell you, Jesus did not make this easy. Jesus did not make being a believer and a follower of Him easy. And there's a reason for that. Matthew chapter 10, beginning with verse 32. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. For whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Following Jesus may cause a a rift in your family, the likes of which you've never experienced before. And there's a reason for that. Listen, folks, the Bible is very clear that there are only two people in this world. There are only two kinds of people in this world. There are the lost and there are the saved. And I want to tell you something, folks, the lost Hate the saved. If you are truly a follower of Christ, your own family may turn against you. And Jesus said, if they do, let them do it. He says, if they do, you follow me. There in verse 37... You know, he said, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. If you're not willing to pay the price of a permanent split in your family unless they believe in Jesus. If you're not willing to pay the price of greater trauma, greater conflict, greater suffering in your family. Jesus says, you are not worthy of me. Now those are hard words. Hey, I love my children. I love my wife. I love my mother. I love my grandkids. You know, I, I hold on to that saying that if I didn't known I was going to love my grandkids this much, I'd have had them first. That's how much I love them. But Jesus says, but who do you love most? If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, it cannot be, well, Lord, I, I love you, but... Jesus says, no, it doesn't work that way. You know why? Because He is Lord. And what He says goes, and He must have the preeminent place in our life. It's a hard thing to take that Jesus says, look, He says there that a man's enemies, in verse 36, a man's enemies will be members of his own household. So deny ourselves. That's the first thing that we must do if we're going to be his follower. And then he says, take up your cross daily. What does that mean to take up your cross? Well, first of all, what is a cross for? You know, a cross only has one purpose. And that purpose was not to be worn around your neck or worn in your ears or hung on a wall. A cross was meant for death. That's the only thing a cross was for. And by the way, crucifixion is one of the most intensely cruel ways of execution ever devised by a man. You know how someone died when they were crucified? They would be crucified as Jesus was with their hands nailed to the beams, their feet nailed. And in that position, they couldn't breathe. And they would have to raise up to get a breath. Usually people died on the cross from, the, from asphyxiation. You know, when you read in the Gospels, when they went, they broke the legs of the other two that were with Jesus. They didn't break his because he was already dead. But you know why they broke their legs? So they couldn't raise up and breathe. So they would die. And, and, and this could go for hours. Jesus hung on the cross for six hours enduring this. And he says to you and me, he says, and take up your cross daily. So first of all, we understand what that means. He's saying that I have to die daily. But when he talks about taking up our cross, what's that talking about though? Listen, he's not merely talking about the trials and the hardships that we go through in life. He's not talking about an unloving spouse or a bad boss. He's not talking about a bad circumstance or a wayward child in your life. I've heard people say this, well, my unbelieving husband, that's my cross I have to bear. No, it's not. Or someone says, you know, this illness that I have is the cross I have to bear. No, it's not. A cross is something you willingly take up. And a cross is something that we do, that we suffer from the results of being specifically walking with Christ. It's being maligned for Christ. It's being disdained for Christ. It's being persecuted for Christ. That's the cross you must bear. You must bear. And let me tell you something, folks. If we do the first thing, the denying yourself, you will experience the second thing. If you put Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and you, you acknowledge that He is Lord of your life and you decide to follow Him and say, I will follow Christ no matter what, no matter what it costs me, your family, your friends, your co-workers, everybody you know that are unsaved are not going to just say, oh, good for you, go for it. They're going to hate us for it. And I believe that one of the things that is wrong with the church, especially in America, is this. Nobody wants to kill us anymore. You know why they don't want to kill us? Because we're not living for Christ. A cross means death. It comes from bearing disdain and hatred and persecution because we're following the narrow way. The world, Jesus said, is on the broad road. Now, you know what sign it says over the broad road? It says, this way to heaven. But Jesus said that's not where it goes. It leads to a place of destruction. He said narrow is the way. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. But our crosses come from and are proportionate to our dedication to Christ. Do you have any difficulties in your life that are a direct result of following Jesus? Is there anyone that hates you because of it? Is there anyone that mocks you because of it? If not, we have to do what the Apostle Saul Paul calls us. He says, let a man examine himself. And make sure he's in the faith. Because here's the thing, folks. There are not some Christians who experience this and some who don't. All who are true disciples of Christ do experience this. Jesus' words reveal the only way to life. The only way. You know, when Jesus said, I am the the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. And here he he is telling these, and, and you can look, folks, you can read through the book of Acts, especially. You know, if you've never looked at a book called the Fox's Book of Martyrs, you ought to read that book. Because you see, through the book of Acts, what we see, we see those disciples living out what Jesus said right here. Throughout history, those who have dedicated themselves to following Christ at all costs have suffered the price and paid the price. I think of Paul, he was beheaded. James was beheaded. John, for preaching the gospel, was cast onto the island of Patmos. It was a penal colony. Every one of Peter, they say, was crucified upside down. You know, someone has pointed out that if you read through Paul's (coughs) letters, you never hear any mention of Paul's wife. And some say, well, maybe he never married. He had to be married because that was a qualification for being a Pharisee. But where is she And many believe that his wife, upon Paul's conversion to Christ, walked away from him. Paul never looked back. Do we love him that much? Do we want to follow him to the point that we say, Lord, I don't care. And here's something you will find as you walk with Christ. The way will become narrower and narrower and narrower as you go. And you will find yourself standing at some point all alone. Well, let me rephrase that. As I heard a guy say one time, he said, I may be by myself, but I'm never alone. Because he will never leave us. Jesus has promised, we do this, we'll never regret it. There is, you will never find anywhere in the history of the world any person who, who submitted their life to Christ, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who denied their self, took up their cross, suffered for it, and followed Him that ever came to the end of their life and said, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. You won't find any. I think of Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of the greatest preachers that ever lived in the history of the church, lying on his deathbed, His wife calls in the preacher and the friends and he says, Hey, do not pray for God to heal me. Do not pray to keep me away from my Savior's face. I hope I can do that when my time comes, my deathbed time comes. But you see, that's what it costs. It may cost us everything. And then we we are called to follow Him. And Jesus, following Jesus, listen we we must get this in our heads and we have been bombarded with it by it from so many directions for so long it's hard for us to get past this following jesus is not about you and me it's about him being a believer isn't about us it's not about our self-esteem it's about being sick of our sin and desperate for forgiveness let me ask you something are you sick of your sin Do you hate the person you are without Christ? That sin that dwells in us. Do we, like the Apostle Paul say, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, thank God for Jesus Christ. Are we sick of our sin? Are we desperate for forgiveness? It's all about seeing Jesus as the priceless Savior from sin and death so that we willingly give up as much as it takes. Even if it costs us, our families, and whatever else we cherish. There was a man who came to Jesus, a rich young ruler. He says, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, let's back up. That's not exactly what he said. He said, good sir, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, first thing he did, he said, why do you call me good? There's none good but God. And you know what he was doing? He was he was wanted to make sure, young man, do you know who you're addressing? See, Jesus wasn't saying I'm not good. He was saying if you're calling me good, then I must be God. And he was. And he says, obey the commandments. And the young man said, oh Lord, I've done this my whole life. And he says, okay, take everything you have, sell it, give it away, come follow me. And it says the young man went away with great sorrow because he had great possessions. You see, his possessions meant more to him than eternal life. His position—he was a—he was a young ruler. His position meant more to him than eternal life. There was another man who came to the Lord. He said, "Lord, I want to follow you, but first, let me go bury my father." And Jesus said, "No, doesn't work that way." Now you see the implication is the father wasn't even dead. But what the young man was saying, let me wait till my father dies. I'll get my inheritance and then I'll come follow you. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. You come follow me. Now, we don't know that he did. But you see, to follow Jesus is costly. There was another one who said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, great. We're going to meet down at the Holiday Inn, have coffee and donuts, and I'll get a room for you. No, he says, look, he said, you want to follow me? He said, I don't even have a place to lay my head. You sure you want to follow me? It's costly. It might even cost us our lives. What is your life worth to you? What is it worth? Now the Lord might not take of your life. He might not take your money or your family. But we must be willing to give anything up if He asks us to. And He says, you cannot be my disciple unless you're ready to give up everything. Deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, follow Him. This is what it takes to be saved. This is what it takes to be a follower of Jesus Christ So what are we going to do? What are you going to do? I had to ask myself, what are you going to do? Are you going to continue? Let me tell you something, folks, that I've been doing, and and I'm not alone in this, by the way. But I'm just going to tell you about me. Much of the time, I'm playing at being a Christian. I'm playing at being in church. You know why? Because I haven't been following this right here. And Jesus said, that's what you must do. To be my disciple. Now we all fall short. We all fall short of this. As I said there are going to be many church members. Who are going to stand before Jesus and say Lord, Lord. He's going to say two things. He's going to say why do you call me Lord. But you don't do what I say. Depart from me. I never knew you. You know, that's interesting that Jesus would say, He didn't say, I don't remember you, or I don't know you. He said, I never knew you. And I say, well, Lord, I, I darkened the church door every Sunday morning. Lord, I sat in the pews every Sunday morning. Sorry, you don't ring a bell. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Come with me to Luke chapter 13. We have to ask ourselves, are we truly wanting to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? To truly be His followers? Luke chapter 13, look at verse 23 and 24. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. The door or the gate is hard to find, he says. And you know what? It's even harder to get through. You know why that that, that narrow way is so hard to get through? Because I, like the rich young ruler, I want to carry my self-righteousness through it. And he says you can't get through as long as you're carrying that. Like the other man who wanted to go bury his father. I want to carry my money or my greed with me. And he says, you can't do that. you got to leave it. You have to strip down to the bare nothingness of your life to get through that gate. And Jesus said, look, I'm telling you, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not not only hard to find, but when you do find it, you're going to have a hard time getting through it. And the reason we have a hard time getting through it is because we don't want to deny ourselves. We don't want to pick up a cross daily and carry it. See, picking up that cross, denying yourself, that's not a one-time act. That's a daily thing. The Apostle Paul said that he died daily. To deny ourselves and bear a cross is just too much for some. But Jesus says very clearly there in chapter 9, if we don't do this, we cannot be his disciples. I don't care how long you've been a member of a church. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care how big your Bible is. I don't care how marked up your Bible is. If we don't do this, we can't be a follower of Christ. And by the way, being a follower of Christ is equal to being saved. It's not that you can be saved and not be a disciple. If you're saved, truly saved, you will truly be a disciple. So he says that we are to go through the narrow gate. Look at chapter 14 and verse 28. Jesus says, for which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Lest, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So then, none of you can be my disciples who does not give up all his own possessions. You must count the cost. Jesus says, come, follow me. But count the cost before you do. He said, don't set out and then come to a place and say, oh, wait a minute, this is too hard for me. I'm turning back. He says, if we are not willing to give it up, do we even understand that there is a price to pay to follow Jesus? And folks, I want to tell you something right now that I truly believe that, that one of the major things that's wrong with the church in America is this one thing right here. We've just been playing church. We come in, we sit down, sing a few songs, hear this, and go out and eat somewhere. And we don't think about the fact that if I'm going to take a stand for Jesus Christ, if I'm going to truly deny myself, refuse to associate with my sinful self, to take myself and completely push it aside and say, hey, I don't even want you over here anymore. Because it's not about you, it's about Him. When we make Christ the center of everything, there will be a price to pay. We must understand that this world, your unbelieving friends, your unbelieving family, hates Christ. You understand that? It's not that they just don't like Him or they don't agree with Him. They hate Him. saw a video yesterday. So, I don't know what city this was in. They were having their pride parade. There was a preacher standing there on the sidewalk, reading the Bible. And after a few minutes, I saw that police officer walk over to him, turn him around, put handcuffs on him, and take him to jail. That's in Christian America, by the way. You know I'm being sarcastic, right? Yeah. There's a price to pay if we're going to follow Christ. And the way that our culture is getting, the way this world is getting, folks, it's growing darker and darker and darker. And we who are the light of the world, Jesus said, must let our light shine. He said, don't hide it under a bushel where no one can see it. He said, you put it out where people can see it. But I want to tell you, when you put that light out, there's going to be a whole world of people out there trying to blow it out. Do we even understand there's a price to pay? We won't be saved by dumping all of our earthly goods, but we must be willing to do so. I must be willing to suffer the loss of family, friends, and possessions for the sake of Christ. And until we do that, I want to tell you something, folks. We're we're not going to ever be what He has called us to be. That's how devoted we have to be to the cause of Christ. And let me ask you something. Do you not believe, do you not understand that Jesus deserves that? That he deserves everything from us, including our life. He came from heaven's throne. He was born in a dirty, filthy manger, surrounded by dirty, filthy animals. And He went to a cross, and He was crucified, bearing our sin. What if Jesus had said, you know, Father, I'm just not sure they're worth it. You know, Father, I'm just not sure I'm willing to pay the price. But He didn't say that. And let me tell you something, folks, if you were to ever be crucified, and I hope that none of us here ever are, no matter how long you hang on that cross, no matter how excruciatingly painful it may be, you will never touch what Jesus endured. Because he and he didn't see if I if God were to crucify me for my sin, see, I'm gonna die for my sin, but Jesus died. For all of our sins. Isaiah says, he laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he bore the full wrath of God Almighty, the Father, on him. Now you tell me, does Jesus deserve everything we have? Listen, this is the message of the gospel. And when we call people to Jesus, this is what we must say. Listen, I, I have got to a point, I've got to be honest with you, okay? Now, this may offend you, and if it does, I'm sorry, but not. When somebody comes and they say, you know, if you want to be saved, Jesus loves you. All you got to do is just ask Him into your heart, and He'll say, that makes me want to throw up. Because you know what they're saying? They're saying, look, you want to go to hell, let me how do you tell you how to go the easy way. The message of the gospel is if you want to follow Christ, if you want to be saved, you must give up everything in your life, including yourself, including your life. But how can we live up to such high and holy demands? How can we do this? Jesus did. And now he shares By the virtue of his death and the power of his resurrection with all who will come to him. You see, I don't have the ability. I don't have the power to do this. But he does. And that's why Jesus could say, Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, remember the end goal of our salvation? It's the glory of God. And I can get to heaven and say, oh Lord, I denied myself, aren't you proud of me? Lord, I picked up my cross daily, aren't you proud of me? That's not humility, that's pride. But when I get on my knees and say, Jesus, I love you. Lord, I want to follow you. Help me deny myself. Help me pick up a cross daily. And I'll promise you folks, I guarantee you by the word of this book. He will do it. And when I get to heaven. And I have denied myself. And I have picked up my cross daily. And I have followed Christ. All the way through death into the great gates of heaven. And I will look at Jesus and say thank you. Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 Paul says. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life in which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. There's the key right there. That's how you do it. I live my life by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Jesus is both the pattern and the power for discipleship. Those who live for their own interests will find, Jesus said, that they'll lose them. He said, for what if a man gains the whole world, but loses his own soul? He said, what's he done? He's done nothing. Those willing to give up all for Christ, Jesus said, will gain everything. Eternal life. If you confess him as Christ, you must cling to a bloody cross as your only hope. And you must take up your cross daily, deny yourself, and follow Him. And ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, again, by the promise of God's Word, if we will but do this, we will see and experience Christ in a way we can never imagine. I I can always have been fascinated when I read... When I read about the martyrs throughout history who have been beheaded, who have been sawn in two, who have been boiled in oil, who have been imprisoned, who have been beaten, who have been burned at the stake. You know, you read about those that were burned at the stake during the time of the Puritans and during the Reformation. It's amazing how many times you read about them singing while they were dying. There was two Puritan preachers who were burned at the stake at the same time their names escaped me. And one looked at the other and he said, was this worth it? And he looked at him and said, cheer up. We're about to eat supper in heaven. Can you imagine that? You know why they could do that? Because they had denied themselves and taken up their cross daily and followed Jesus. Let's pray. Father, oh God, we come to you this morning and ask your forgiveness. Lord, we have been so self-centered in our Christianity. We have sought the pathway of ease and convenience. Father, help us this morning. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, give us the power to begin to deny ourselves. Lord, to refuse to associate with our sinful selves any longer. The power to take up our cross daily, to be willing to suffer the loss of everything for the sake of Christ. Help us to follow him, Father knowing that the end result will be glory in your presence. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Jesus, for what he's done for us. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand and turn to hymn 48.